Hey, 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 love and light to each and every one of you guys. Welcome to the Dope Black Chick Podcast, your audio guide to releasing your dopeness. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dope Black Chick Podcast. Now this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I always have these amazing conversations with my friends. They're very in-depth. And I just love the people that I surround myself with. They're thought provokers, activists, uh, you know. I just have this diverse group of friends and they always get my mind to bubbling and we have amazing conversations. So this week's episode actually came out of the blue because I was kicking it with a friend of mine, um, just hanging out, catching up and... Our conversation got so good that I was like, wait, 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 wait. We got to capture this. So I pulled out my um, phone and started recording. So that is what you're getting. You're getting this raw conversation between myself and my good friend, uh, Dominic Breeze Brown. (laughs) Dominic is also known as the local activist, and he is one third of Trillmanga.com. But he is an amazing person in the community here in Atlanta. Um, I met him here about two years ago. And ever since, like, we've just really clicked. Uh, His mindset and mind just really links up. We have these great spurring, um, thought-provoking convos. And it's always a delight when you walk away and you feel like you learned a little something or you shared something or you have this new insight on something, a new perspective. He put me on to some new shows. Um, It was a lot of uh, uh, good stuff just in he and I connecting um, and just talking to one another. Um, Hadn't seen him in a long time, so this was cool. So I want to share this episode with you guys. So it's almost like you're a fly on the wall of some of the conversations I have with my friends. I have some super dope friends. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. Yeah. So to that, what you were saying about um, anger, the God of anger. This is a question that I have a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, my mama was a militant, so that's what I have. I am Mm -hmm. that first, then I am the person that will sit down and let's talk about it. Okay? Uh So, I have always believed that black people... Well, let me not start with that. I'll say this first. I think there will never be change until we're really ready for revolution. And that means someone has to get hurt. Yeah. It does not mean that we're just going to sing hallelujah and it's going to be over. Right. That is not how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That is my thought. Right. Um, because there's never been any other revolution or any other change mm-hmm. that did not cost mm-hmm. to, to, to get, right? Right. So... On what you were saying about why are we so passive? Sometimes I'm I wonder, but black people are very moral. Mm-hmm. And where did this come from? I think once again, I think about stuff like this too because once again, like I'm kind of from your same background. But the good thing about me is very very early on I learned that balance uh, because once again, like my mom was a very very traditional Christian. You know, so we gonna go to church every Sunday. We're going to, you got to read your Bible, you got to be this type of person. Mm. My father, 
Fuck that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My father was activist, you know what I'm saying? Something to be fixed, he's gonna fix it. Right. By any means. Right. Um, it was he just taught me to be an unconventional thinker. And he also taught me, once again, the balance of life. You can't have light without dark. You mm-hmm. can't have the shore without the sea light. And people want life to be one thing. Um, but one of the things I learned early on was duality. Um, and me, I'm a protector. And so from a protection standpoint, of course, I want my people to be in peace times. I want them to enjoy the fruits of life. But I also understand what comes with that. And I'm realistic about that. And even with a lot of my activist mindsets, I don't tell a lot of people because it freak them out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so for me, I think with black people, and I'm pretty sure I'm biased, but just looking at different and I, I highly respect all the cultures, all the people, different things like that. But when I look at everything across the board, like black people, are, one, we're some of the most diverse people, even within our own race, mm-hmm. of anybody on the planet. And then two, I don't care what nobody said, black people figure shit out. You know what I'm saying? We're just talented people. Mm-hmm. And so with That's that, the magic. With that great talent, <laughs> once again, I told you, God makes everything in balance. Mm-hmm. Just think if we were the fastest, we were the strongest, we was all these things that we already are. But we will also have the mindset of white culture. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that would just be, it'd be too much. You know what I'm saying? And so once again, God puts all of us down here because we need each other. I always tell people, black people are more than one thing. We're, there's African Americans mm-hmm. who have a totally different culture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From Africa. Even our own people look at us crazy. Right, right, Sometimes, right. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, y'all ain't us. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. once again, it shows you. And I don't care where you go, if you Chinese, they gonna treat you like you Chinese all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you Brazilian, if you see another Brazilian, they gonna treat you like you're a Brazilian no matter where you at. Black people, what tribe you from? You know what I'm saying? Right. What you know what I'm saying? Who your people? You know what? And, and so, and even it's getting to the point though where now, and I was actually having a conversation with one of my Nigerian friends, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about once again American, you know, African American culture versus you know. Uh, I think was it Igbo or I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but and he was like breaking down the differences between you know family, wealth distribution. Also, I was like, we just ain't got these rules in my family. They mm-hmm. literally have set, you know, what I'm saying this is the way we do things. And for us, we got to figure this stuff out by ourselves. Right. And so, even from a very general standpoint, it's hard for us to build because it's hard to be the best and the first. Not saying it can't happen, you know what I'm saying, but it's hard. It's, it's hard. And we're still... I understand what you're saying. <laughs> However, I, everything that you said and, and, brings up points because me, I always look at roots. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the root of the reason. Like, mm-hmm. even when you said, if you're Chinese, you're Chinese everywhere. If mm-hmm. you, you know, and when it comes to Africans, it's what tribe are you from? Mm-hmm. You got to think about the root of that. Why mm-hmm. is it that we think that way? Yeah. Because we were first man. Mm-hmm. So if everybody looked like you, mm-hmm. you don't separate by race. You don't separate. You would only mm-hmm. separate yeah. by tribe. That yeah. would be how you but, identify. But even more from a human standpoint, that's why I said race really is a construct. Like, yes, yes, it's definitely yes. a construct. So if you African, which we all know Africans, black Africans <laughs> are the original peoples. Yeah. So let's go with that, y'all. All this race idea, it makes no sense. So if you're an African, yes, you, you're going to ask what tribe are you from? Because that's the only other way I can differentiate yes. you. There's no need to say you're white, 
There's no need to say you're this, you're that. You know, no. What tribe are you? Because I, I don't know if you're in this one or not. Because we all look us look alike. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that may be the the root of that. And then when it comes to Black Americans, mm-hmm. the Black American experience, I feel like we. I saw this uh, documentary and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a conversation between black Americans and Africans. Okay. And um, they were really trying to break down why we can't get along. Why, mm-hmm. why do we have these underlying um, dialogue that, that uh-huh. we're not having? And I think that really has been made on purpose also. What? That, that we us. don't get along? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It definitely wasn't made by us, but I believe it was fueled by propaganda and mm-hmm. two, because there is a conversation that is not happening between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the conversation is not happening between us because of the propaganda. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but one of the, the things that point, that they pointed out in the panel, uh, you got these four um, uh, African Americans and these four Africans talking. And I mean, they're going at it because right. <laughs> they just don't understand. And you don't understand it. Da, 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 da. So finally, it boiled down to basically saying, we, you have a home. This is what the African-Americans are saying. You have a home. You, you know where you're from. You know everything about you. It was, the girl was adopted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, African-American. And so she really had no, no idea yeah. of even, who she even was, further, even yeah. here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they gave her, she did like a DNA test or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they, they give her the test on the stage during the panel and they tell her where her maternal mother is from mm-hmm. in Africa. Right. And she burst into tears. She was like, do you understand just as this just revealed to me who my mother is? Mm-hmm. So for African-Americans... That's why we do the things we do and try to cling on to Africa in any way that we can because we just want to know who our mother is. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I still don't even know exactly what tribe she's from. I don't know anything. I just know in this area, my people are from here. Mm -hmm. And so that is is what the African-American has been like trying to cling to something that is over there that we won't know but we just know we're from there you know and so we've been doing that but I feel in the process of constantly reaching back to Africa we have diminished the culture that that we created here Mm -hmm. I love African Americans right I love the diversity. I love the fact that, yeah, you know, way. we persevered and we came up with this and we did that without help from right. our brothers across the seas. Right. You know, we did what we had to do. And then when we are able to reach back over there, you want to look at me and say, well, <laughs> y'all act foolish. Y'all do this. Wait a minute. I had to do everything right. by myself. And mm-hmm. I'm asking you, like, can you at least let me wear the kente cloth without laughing at me? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because of what I'm doing. And, you know, I was always taught about Africa. I was taught so much about Africa. But as I reached adulthood, I stopped trying mm-hmm. to know yeah. so much about that and it. just really looking back on what we accomplished right. because I had, there was this guy made a comment and said, we don't have any culture besides hip hop. I said, who are you? Yeah. He's like, I mean, come on. We, we don't have anything besides hip hop. What else has black America done 
for the world. I was like, dude, him. are you serious? I probably had to fight him when you said that. I, I was like, this man. This is why I don't even hang out with that dude. <laughs> because I, I t- he asked me to be on his show, and I said, I cannot do it because I promised me and you going to have problems. Right. But his idea is something that a lot of black people do because we feel like either we can't claim America at all mm-hmm. or you claim Africa but you don't know anything about yeah. Africa. And I would tell people you know, man, I like, I'm staying my black ass right okay. here. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And I've actually thought about that. I was like, man, like, cause, like you get so frustrated sometimes with just life and just, all the stuff we all have to face as black people in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all of us got to the point like, man, fuck this shit. Like, I'm about to just bounce about here and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. I'll figure it out. It don't matter. Right. can't be no worse than here. But at the same time, it really makes you. I'll tell you, um, I started a project within my own family. And this, uh, even from academic, this is one of my activism projects, but it's also just a personal you know, goal of mine. But what I started doing is I started talking to my family members, literally just legit sitting down, talking. Mm-hmm. And of course, I started my grandmother, which is, I started my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in 1939. Um, and like, of course, you know, we talked to, you know, it's grandma. You're going to go, you know, grandma, you're going to open up the fridge, see what she got to eat. You're gonna, right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, and you're going to do small talk, but I was like, you know, but I went intentionally, you know, she didn't even know this, you know what I'm saying? But I just, you know, it's like me and you talking right now. Like, I just sat down and I had a conversation with her, but she and I are recording the whole thing. Um, and when we got done with it, I let her know, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I recorded that or whatever. But I let her go back and listen to it. And she just cried. You know, because she didn't realize what she was giving me, um, even from everything from, because uh, my dad's from Chicago, mm-hmm. but my family, once again, spent the Great Migration. Um, I not only learned how we got to Chicago, I learned why. Mm-hmm. I learned, you know what I'm saying, why they came back, you know, and so just even those holes within my own life were fulfilled by my grandmother. Exactly. Um, and so, and even as she was talking, I was like, damn, that's why I'm like this. Or this is why I got this attribute from. And like once again, like activism, like, we from Mississippi. Like, we from for real, for mm-hmm. real. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's kinda of like I'll tell people, that's why I, like don't much bother me. Like right. you can't call me a name I ain't been called before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't do nothing to me that, you know, probably hadn't already happened. So like whereas like a lot of black people they'll get married, we call them nigger and different stuff like that. Right. Like, no, that stuff bothers me at all, you know, because I know who I am and know where I come from, and I've been through much worse. And so now you take all of that, and once again, you can complain about this stuff every day. But I always say it's a difference between a person that complains and a person that finds solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even within my own family, one of my goals was to, like, I want to know where I'm from, right? You know, and it's my personal duty, ain't nobody else gonna do it for me. And so, sitting down and talking to, and I started with older people first because, once again, naturally. Yeah. Speaking, they not gonna be here, mm-hmm. you know, the longest. And I'm gonna go through all my aunts and uncles too. But I want to start at 1939. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start 1939. I'm gonna go backwards mm-hmm. into the past. Okay. Because she's a she's a she's a pivotal point in our family. Mm-hmm. And then I already know how to go forward. Right. You know what I'm saying? So being able to, um, and this is gonna be uh, one of the projects for Trailmonger. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll send it to you. It's it's done. One of them is done already. I gotta mm-hmm. go back and edit the other one. But those are invaluable stories. Like I've I've done that mm-hmm. with auntie, great aunties. Mm-hmm. You know, I got so many. Well, you know, yeah. I'm old, so mm-hmm. I got like cassettes. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, I have these tapes of them speaking about what they lived through. I mm-hmm. I did video. Um, I just recently did um, one with my mom and her um, her brother, and so I wanted to 
get that information, get that story. And I was talking to my uncle and that's when I found out where the entrepreneurial spirit came from. Mm -hmm. Like he tells me that my great grandfather owned his own company. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, he, he had his own company. I said, why did I just hear this for the first time? Like I had always thought being an entrepreneur came from like, I knew he was an entrepreneur. I knew my mom, mm -hmm. she, she's just a free thinker, period. If you can believe, if you can think it, do it, you know? And so I was like, okay, I just modeled myself after him, but he's like, no, I got into entrepreneurship because my grandfather mm -hmm. had his own business well, at a time you where you weren't We're supposed, supposed to have to, one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I say, it's just so much, you know, trailblazing. I feel like once again, we don't, even as friends, that's why I'm saying, like, when the last time you, like, just sit down and talk to your mm -hmm. friends? You know what I'm saying? Like, even from how they... Because, like, man, I had um, a friend uh, a few weeks ago, man, because um, he's a... He sells houses. He's a realtor. Mm -hmm. um, and he was telling us, he's like, man, he's like, this last past year has been the roughest year of my life. And mm -hmm. he was like, you know, I was literally... You know, and we had a casual kind of play. This is us all sitting around or whatever, but... We just start once again talking about like, yo, brother, how you doing? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and so we don't get to see each other all the time. But he was like, you know, he's like, man, honestly, he's like, I'm in a very good space right now. But he's like, last year it was a point to where I was literally sitting in my car with a gun in my lap, about mm. to blow my brains out, or whatever. And that was our first time hearing this. And then once again, this is one of our good friends. Right. And so it really just makes you realize one, everybody going through something. Everybody. And then. Too, since everybody else going through something, you probably need to reach out and check on a little bit more, or even you know, what I'm saying all the time they don't even say stuff, but like if you give yourself a chance to see how your friend's doing, mm -hmm. um, you never know the difference it'll make. Um, so it just puts stuff into perspective, you know, about just once again life in general and how we need to be connected, and even sometimes subconsciously, we don't even realize the things that we leave out or that we don't talk about mm -hmm. and so I try to make those conscious efforts to you know once again even like today like you know I ain't seen in a while like let's get up let's just right. you know see how you doing you know you know we ain't gotta even do nothing special you're just like you know what I'm saying taking that time to connect with people and I feel like we don't do that enough as a society you know because once again everything is so microwave it's mm -hmm. a microwave society we want stuff now we want to do things quickly and like you know I'm from the country man like when I was growing up, you live. We take it slow. Right, right. I tell people all the time, like being in the country is a blessing. Mm -hmm. If you don't get raised mm -hmm. in, in the country, you should send your children to the country. Because you work. take it slow. Like you realize life is to be enjoyed, not mm -hmm. to just be done. Right. And, and that's all I tell people. Like people, because when I tell people I'm from Mississippi, and they be like, you from Mississippi? I'm like, man, I wouldn't change that shit for the world. <laughs> because it taught me the things that people lack now, mm -hmm. which is unity. Like, I'm from a very, very poor background. Mm -hmm. Like, we had to band together, you know what I'm saying? We had to do certain things. And then, you know, when you grow up in those environments where everybody's in the same, you know, boat, everybody's, you know what I'm saying, hungry, everybody's, right. you know, like yeah, when we had a farm together where we could all get food mm -hmm. from, or you know what I'm saying, like it's just little stuff. Um, there. Once again, people just don't understand it anymore. Yeah. Or if they do understand, they don't care about it. And so I just like, feel like a lot has changed, and I know I'm not that old, but damn, stuff changed so quickly. People don't even. I am from the era where you literally, your mama would say, "Go to so and so's house and get some sugar." Mm -hmm. 
People do not do that anymore. Most folks don't even know who stay beside them. Yeah. Like, and like to me, it's still weird to not know your neighbors or to not, you know what I'm saying, have like at least a friendly, you know what I'm saying. But like don't people don't even years. talk, you know what I'm saying. People been living in the same neighborhood <laughs> for years and won't even throw their hand up at one another. And like, that's weird to me. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like, I'm in the environment. I can't force my neighbor to speak to me. Right. I guarantee you, if my neighbor, and I'm a wave, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If, even down sitting in the back, I'm like, because right. to, to me, I always learn to acknowledge and respect, you know? So, and once again, a lot of people that are not from the South, like, we speak to everybody. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> New York, they walk right past right. you. And once again, they not even, you know, it's not to be offensive, mm-hmm. but that's just their culture. That's the environment they came up in. Mm-hmm. But, if I was back home and I was to just walk from my house to the store, I'd probably have to wave at like 50 people mm-hmm. to speak or stop. Hey, brother, how you doing? But you know have I mean? you noticed how, like you said, uh, North, that's just that culture, which it is. Mm-hmm. Like they've been taught, don't do that. And it's for reason yeah. not to do it. <laughs> but have you noticed that with the increase in modes for us to... Um, mingle together like when you have the increase in people can move about now mm-hmm. before then it was like what trains you had to go yeah. so now that it's so easy to hop on the plane and yeah. get down here now you have them bringing that culture that idea yeah. down here so now you got southerners that don't even want to speak to their neighbors but I think and that's once again, Atlanta is such a great example. Mm-hmm. Of, it's a transplant city. Yes. It's a southern transplant city, but once again, you get everything here. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You got New Yorkers, you got folks from Cali, you got, it's just from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Atlanta tries to keep it southern flair, which yeah. is, it does. It has its own, you know, little flavor or whatever, <laughs> but at the same time, I always tell people, even Atlanta is changing quickly. I was like, in the next 10 years, Atlanta might not even be a black city if right. I'm not careful. Um, especially from a political standpoint mm-hmm. and the way the power moves they're making. But that's mm-hmm. a whole other, you know, issue. Mm-hmm. But, once again, once you get diversity, it can be a great thing. Or, there's the other side of it. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, yes, it is. I would tell people, be very careful what you ask for. Because, once again, with this being a, a black city, openly black, you know, unapologetically black mm-hmm. at moment. But, there are a lot of other entities inserting itself into Atlanta, and even Atlanta is changing very, very rapidly. Yep. Um, I've been here 10 years, and Atlanta is definitely not the same, or even remotely the same as when I got here. Mm. And that's just a 10-year period. Right. So just imagine all the normal ATL folks that's always complaining, yeah, hey, y'all come to our city, y'all exactly. take it over, so like that. Like, I understand that sentiment, because mm-hmm. I ain't even from here, and I'm starting to feel like this. Like, right. damn, like, people don't always understand why I'm so intimate with my friends and I build circles, I build networks because once again, we really are in a situation to where sometimes your circle on whatever playing field you're on is all you have. And if you don't build a dope circle, if you're just one of those people that walk throughout, like I always tell people, I feel like a lot of people walk throughout life and they don't see other stuff and they used to, hey, you know what I'm saying, how you doing? They used to like things being how they are and Mm -hmm. then one day you wake up and shit just different. You know what I'm saying? And then when you look back, you realize all the things you should have taken care of, all the relationships you should have, you know, water, they're not there no more. African-American people, we're searching, you know, for so much. Mm-hmm. But we're also holding on to so much also. Mm. And so, you know, you can only hold so much before you got to let something go. Uh, she know you from the country, boy. That's the country. That's real, but like, my yeah. grandma favorite phrase. Yeah, I told you, I love old people. You can tell I have my old people. <laughs> yes, sir. 
My, I told my best friend, Mr. Moses, I told Mr. Moses, 75. <laughs> and I hang with Mr. Moses like all day. Like, I don't care if I go in no club. Hey, Mr. Moses, what you doing today? I'm about to come over to the phone. We got to kick it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's who I am. That's who I've always been. Since we talk about revolution, like, if we really want to change this, what's the new method? Because the method we've been using, it's time for change. Mm -hmm. It's a new season. And so what are what are your thoughts of how we fight this fight? I think one of the biggest mistakes that the movement, because I study these things, you know, I'm an activist, so it would be a disservice for me not to study the people that came before mm -hmm. me and improve on the things they were great at mm -hmm. and to change the things maybe they weren't so great at. And I always tell people, um, and I, I feel like even, I tell people we don't fight for civil rights anymore. That, that's an old fight. That was 1960, 1970. Exactly. Uh, black people, we're fighting for equity now. We're fighting for, you know, just what we should have. <laughs> um, so I look back at people like our two biggest figures historically in African American history. We'll say commonly, you know, Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther mm -hmm. King. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X did not like each other for years. Mm -hmm. They literally, you know what I'm saying, they wouldn't fuck with each other. You know, right. Martin, you over there and be over here, you just do your thing. And when they did start realizing that, you know, even in the older years, that damn, what would happen if we would have, mm -hmm. not necessarily even combined forces, but even just tolerated one another. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a place in the movement for, you know, pacifists, peaceful, you know. Loving people, hey, it'll always be wrong for Dr. King. But once again, that great balance. You need some warriors. You need people that ain't gonna let shit slide. Right. Um, and every other community has that, except for once again, what what you say was our worst trait <laughs> as black people? We too moral. We too moral. Even once again, like look at the state of the world. How far is it gonna get you? And if you keep bumping your head um, over and over again. What the insanity phrase that people wear out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, You're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah, and so for um, my thing is for this new movement, and this is one of the things that I even battle with as a you know upcoming activist, you know, and, and here in Atlanta, is I get into these platforms to work because I tell people honestly, I am a Uno person. I like working by myself because mm -hmm. once again, once you get a bunch of people in the room, that's a bunch of different personalities, a bunch of different egos, and you start realizing that everybody's not here for the cause. Some people right. are here to stroke their ego. Some people are here for the TV cameras. Some people truly are here for the cause. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But at the same time, once you start inserting other people into your game plan, it slows it down. And I listen to activists arguing because one of the biggest issues we have within the movement now is even activists within the movement don't understand the need for there to be a multi-level fight. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, if I'm a Black Panther and you're, you know, Martin Luther King, why would I show up to your speech with a bunch of guns? Mm -hmm. That's off real disrespecting you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, that don't mean I ain't on your side. Right. If you run into some trouble, call me. I'll be there for you. But we got to understand that, as I always say, it's levels to this shit. It's okay to march and to protest. That's a pivotal part of the movement, but you also need people that's going to be behind doors. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't watch football for two years. You know what I'm saying? I haven't watched, you know, and I probably won't be watching anymore. But at the same time, I was also one of those activists. I'm a realist. 
so many activists ask people just stop watching football. Man, that's great. That's cool. But let's think logically. I have friends that are in the NFL. And no other entity in the United States makes as many black men instant millionaires as the NFL. Mm. Now, once again, I ain't saying I agree with the NFL. But once again, I'm asking you to quit your job without offering you another job to replace it. And that's what a lot of black people expect you to do. When you start feeding your family for the movement. <laughs> you know how stupid I'm going to look at you if you ask me some dumb shit like that? Right. But that's... Honestly, that's, that's basically what that's basically saying. what people were asking, you know, these guys to do. And now these are the same guys. One guy, I have friends in there, but these are the same guys that if I need anything, hey bro, we have a you know what I'm saying, community service, you know. Right. Mm, here, off your stats about whatever you need, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm all about this. So once again, you can't cut the hand of the same people that's feeding you, even within your own community. And get people to realize that damn it's actually an advantage in our movement for having friends in that field. Because I can call, you know, hey, so-and-so, I ain't gonna call the because you know what I'm saying? Right. But like so-and-so, hey, what's going on inside these team meetings? Or, you know what I'm saying? What's the real culture? Behind enemy behind? lines. You yeah. gotta have somebody. You need people like that. So, one of the issues in our movement that we're having issues with is that everybody wants to be so absolute. Life isn't absolute. Right. There's not one way to attack There's not it. one way. My, my great-grandfather, he tell me this all the time, you can only... Back a nigga into a wall, you know what I'm saying? If he ain't got nowhere to go, which way you think he coming? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because with me being a warrior, I'm kind of happy to start seeing black people wake up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I ain't saying nothing bad gonna happen, but I feel like something different coming. I feel like more of us are waking up. Not everybody ain't waking up, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's enough for us. Yeah. Um, and even with the question you asked me about, you know, it's kind of like my answer online was the same as it's gonna be now. Some of us leaders, we're gonna have to start making some tough decisions. You know what I'm saying? Because at what point do you keep letting things go on? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the other side, if they're not careful, it's kind of like in the famous words of Donald Trump, what do you have to lose? Didn't I tell you my friends are dope? Like, I even had to cut some of the um, conversation because we went on for hours and hours. But that is just an idea of some of the conversations we have. Big shout out to my homie, Dominic brown of trill manga make sure you guys go check him out you can follow him on instagram at tl activist the local activist tl activist on instagram um and make sure that you visit their website which is trill manga t-r-i-l-l-m-o-n-g-a.com Check them out. See all the great, amazing things he's doing in the community, in entertainment, in creative, creative lanes, and in the creative industry. He's just really killing it, and that's my boy. And now you see uh, the types of conversations. I'm going to give you guys more of that, of some of the conversations that I have with the super dope people in my life as we continue with the dope black chick now the upcoming episodes i have in store for you guys are amazing bananas crazy so make sure that you tell somebody make sure you tell people about the dope black chick podcast um let them know that there is a podcast available that is helping you unleash your dopeness day by day week by week i should say week by week and um head on over to itunes google podcast 
Spotify, and of course, you can visit anytime. Oh, and castropolis.net, which is a black owned platform. Castropolis.net airs the Dope Black Chick every Sunday evening. So head on over there as well. You can check us there. And of course, on IHearThatGirl.com. So head over there, get subscribed, rate, review, like it, share it, all of that good stuff. I'm so excited for what the Dope Black Chick podcast is getting ready to give you guys in 2019. I'm excited. Hope you're excited as well. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Dope Black Chick. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace and blessings.